0: Scripture reading: Your pew Bible, uh, New Page eighty three in the New Testament, John fourteen verses twenty three through twenty nine. In these verses, Jesus is giving the promise of the Holy Spirit. And Judas, but not Iscariot, had asked him, "Why would he be revealed?" Why would he reveal myself? Um, Judas had said to him, Lord, how is it that you will reveal yourself to us and not to the world? And this is Jesus' answer. Jesus answered him, Those who love me will keep my word, and my Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Whoever does not love me, does not keep my words. And the word that you hear is not mine, but is from the Father who sent me. I have said these things to you while I am still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I am going away and I am coming to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice that I am going to the Father. Because the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you this before it occurs, so that when it does occur, you may believe. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Thank Thank you, though. That was a powerful song. Although a bit morbid, the last words of the famous before they die are always interesting to read, aren't they? We always want to know what did they say and, and what was that last uh, word like well here are some for example um, one is i should never have switched from scotch to martinis <laughs> is what humphrey bogart said when he died of esophageal cancer in 1957 joan crawford any joan crawford fans out here nobody likes joan crawford said to her housekeeper, and this is this is probably why you shouldn't like her, but she said to her housekeeper, uh, who was praying for her in, in her time of need, don't you dare ask God to help me, is what she said. Charlie Chaplin said to the priest who was praying the standard prayer that a priest would say over someone who was dying, uh, may the Lord have mercy on your soul. And so, What he said to him was, why not? After all, it belongs to him. True enough. Queen Elizabeth I, who died in 1603, said these words, All my possessions for a moment of time. Think about that. A few more. Leonardo da Vinci said these surprising words, I have offended God and mankind, because my work did not reach the quality it should have. That, that'll make you feel pretty low, won't it? I mean, if Da Vinci says that, where are we, right? And then, swing low, sweet chariot, is the last thing that Harriet Tubman said before she died as her family gathered around her and they sang this song. And then she spoke those words swing low sweet chariot. Well, the words this morning from John's gospel are some of the last words of Jesus. And as we think about Jesus hanging on the cross, and especially as we prepare uh, during Holy Week for Easter Sunday, we hear words uh, that were his last, uh, and we sometimes debate which ones were actually the last ones. But we know these were among The last, as he says to his disciples, peace, I leave with you. My peace, I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not let them be afraid. This is a very familiar text, especially verse 27, uh, as it is one that is so often heard at funeral services. It's right up there. With the 23rd Psalm, in terms of requests that I get from families or that I will insert into a, a funeral order. And also, really, the whole chapter of 14, as Jesus talks about going away, uh, and Thomas says, Look, you know, how, how are we going to get there? We, we don't know where you're going and what's going on. And he says, Thomas, I am the way, the truth, and the life. If you'll follow with me, then you're not going to need to worry about that. You're going to find your way. But here, uh, this is something that is of comfort to them. And it is of comfort to us. And it is especially, this verse 27, of comfort to people at a graveside service. And those last few minutes before they see their loved one for the last time, uh, as the coffin is lowered or as the ashes are spread to know that um, God's peace is there with them. But Jesus says these uh, to comfort the disciples in that moment, uh, and even more so for them to remember in the days to come, as they would look back on the death of Jesus, as they would remember that He had talked to them about peace in the midst of their troubles. Just this past uh, week on Thursday, uh, one of our Lighthouse kids drowned. Maybe you heard about this. I don't think Freeport Times has covered it like they need to, to cover it. In fact, I, I don't know that I've seen anything. I've had to go to the Marshall paper to see it. But he, uh, he was, uh, Norvantre Harrison was uh, a freshman at East Texas Baptist University playing football there, uh, was a football player at Bird, and uh, was someone that was in and out of this building quite a bit. And uh, as we have uh, heard those uh, the reports about what happened to him as he uh, dove into the water to uh, get a friend out, another uh, football player who was drowning, um, he also drowned in the process of saving him. And uh, just a terrible, shocking thing. And as I talked to his grandmother and his mother yesterday, I... Um, you could tell there was still that shock there, that this makes no sense at all. And I know Dewana feels that way as well, as she also had a great hand in, in raising him here as the lighthouse director. Very sad. And the disciples were dealing with that kind of grief. They saw Jesus hanging on the cross. This was their friend, their leader their Messiah, their everything, and He has died. And so Jesus was preparing them for a moment such as this, and He tells them that this uh, peace is going to come to them, and that the Holy Spirit would come to them, and that they were to remember that He had talked to them about this peace in the midst of their troubles, He also would want them to remember that he had things to say to them about an advocate that was coming to help them in his absence. It's great to think about advocacy, that we would have someone who would advocate for us, who would would go and, uh, and do things for us that we really couldn't do for ourselves. And this word that Jesus used refers to the Holy Spirit as the helper, and there is so much here in this 14th chapter that reminds us, especially on a day like today where we celebrate communion, of the communion that God intends for us as God comes to us three in one. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And Jesus talks about uh, dwelling together. And that's what God intends for us. God models that in the sense of the, the triunity of God. And that is a kind of community, a kind of relationship that we are to have with one another in the church. We are to dwell with one another. We are to be at one with one another. Even as we are greatly diverse, But the Holy Spirit would come to them. And the Holy Spirit would help them in every way, and especially to remember everything that He had taught them. CNN on Friday night aired the HBO documentary, Nothing Left Unsaid, which uh, is about Gloria Vanderbilt and her son, Anderson Cooper. It described her life as a Vanderbilt, and it was fascinating to see the uh, footage and to think about, I mean, She was she's 94, she's still alive, 94 years old, and to... Uh, to see what her life was like and just the, the uh, amazing wealth uh, in the Vanderbilt family. But as this described her, as they went back and looked at the newspapers and the media of that time, described her as the poor little rich girl. I mean, how could she be poor with millions and millions of dollars? But this is how they described her as it would reveal the turmoil in her family, as her father died when she was young, of how she would not know the love of her mother. Her mother, uh, just like with wealthy families back then, um, and and maybe even today, where there is not that sense of connection. Children are to be seen and not heard. And, and there was no... Uh, real practical sense of mothering that was going on in her her life. There was a nanny that was there to raise her. And then even the nanny would be taken away from her and she would really have no one in her life except for her aunt who would care for her in the way that a, a parent ought to care for a child. The documentary shows how troubled her life has been throughout her 94 years. She describes the uh, the death of one of her sons uh, going in and uh, seeing him uh, standing there uh, on the balcony about to jump off the building. And as she ran to try to catch him and begged for him not to jump, she sees him go over the side plunging to his death. And so she talks about that and that being one of the many troubles in her life. But also as she... Uh, talks about her struggles that she has had to find peace. She does all of this artwork, and I never knew that about her, but just countless pieces of art that she has done as a way of understanding the things that go on inside of her and her journey and her desire for peace, to be settled with who she is, with several tragedies and and with all that she has lost in life. As I watched this, I wondered if she has experienced the kind of peace that Jesus gives. As we continue this week in the Easter season, moving closer to Pentecost Sunday, which is in two Sundays from now, we'll have uh, our Mother's Day and seniors' recognition this next Sunday, and then the next week after that is Pentecost Sunday. And you never know what's going to go on around here. On Pentecost Sunday, I mean, one, one time you came in and the pews were all pulled up and against the walls and there were red balloons floating around in here and I got in a lot of trouble for that, but it sure was fun. But I yes, I have been instructed, in fact, they, they are extra bolted into the floor so that would not happen again, but there will be something different. On that Sunday. And as we prepare for that, we can reflect. And that's part of what's going on with the readings. They are helping us prepare for this understanding of Pentecost and God's giving of the Holy Spirit to us. But as we hear these words, we hear about Jesus calling us to continue with his work in the world. And to extend the work that he began so long ago. And what great words they are for us to hear as we recognize how messed up our world is. It's messed up, isn't it? It's chaotic. It is so hard for us to understand. Terrible things happen in our world. We were talking earlier, um, not just about the the loss. As I talked to uh, uh, Trey's grandmother... She talked about her son, Her, her uh, basically she raised him. Growing up and the hopes they had for him. They were so excited when he went off to college. and Thank God for the Lighthouse program. But when he went off to college, she said, we, we were already ready for him to come back to our city and to be a prophet and, and to participate in what God was going to do in this city through him. But that's gone. She said, our dream died with him. Wow. It's a messed up world. A great grandmother over here in Palestine, Texas, just um, the night before last, with her four great-grandchildren driving down the street, and her car is swept off the road, and all of them drowned. Makes no sense. It's a messed up world. But what great, consolation these words bring to our hearts our hearts that are so frequently troubled and and riddled with anxiety about the things of life what hope they provide for us when life doesn't work out for us in the way that we thought it would when we are grieving what might have been when life isn't fair and just doesn't make any sense at all And when we look ahead and we see coming for us what we fear the most, fears are troubling, aren't they? We all have different fears, whether it's the fear of a spider or the fear of cancer or the fear of divorce or the fear of our loved one walking out on us. We have all kinds of fears and anxieties. And as Jesus looked at the disciples, he recognized that they had all kinds of fears. And he would do different things to minister to them in the midst of their fears. And he does the same thing for us as well. It is in times like these that we need to hear and to really lean in to listen to the words that Jesus has said to us and hear them again. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not let them be afraid. As you hear those words, let them sink in a bit. What becomes clear as you do so is the expectation that Jesus has of your involvement in experiencing the peace in your life. It's it's like with almost everything else that God does in our lives. God does it with our participation. And certainly that is true with peace. The disciples were to do their part of not letting their fears and worries trouble their hearts. Do not let your heart be troubled, Jesus says. And so I ask you this morning, are you doing your part in experiencing the peace that God has for you? Are you letting the troubles of this world keep you from living in the peace that God intends for you? I mean, what is it that you can do to join in with God to experience real and lasting peace? Maybe it's just letting go of something you can't let go of. Maybe it is talking to people around you about your fears and your anxieties. Maybe it is spending more time listening to the promises of God that come to us all throughout the Bible. Maybe it is in just getting out somewhere and sitting and being alone, turning off all of your technology and everything else, and just allowing God to bring peace into your heart. It is a challenge. But I wonder, are you and I keeping a close watch? On our hearts? Are we doing all that we can do to protect them from the da- damage of fears and anxieties? If you are like me, and if you're like the people that are there on the pew with you this morning, you know it's a daily battle. I mean, you get through and past one time of trouble, able to catch your breath and experience peace, only to find another trouble coming your way. They pop up all around us and they shake us to our core. Such is life, you may say to yourself, or you may hear from other people. You may agree and go no further than that. I believe that's what Jesus meant when he spoke of the peace that he gives. As he says, I do not give to you as the world gives. I do not give to you the kind of peace the world gives. Maybe the reason we are so anxious is that we have settled for what the world gives when what we really need is His peace for our troubled hearts. As we have communion here this morning, may this be a time for you to allow... God to give peace to your heart let's pray me with your rod and your staff to a better place. And even that God sets up a dinner table. Have you ever thought about that here? He says, you have prepared a table for me in the presence of my enemies. So here is this banqueting table right there. And all of his enemies are surrounding it. And God is serving him in the midst of those enemies. He has no reason to fear even though he sees them. He is able to feast on the goodness of God realizing that surely the goodness of God will continue with him then and for all of the days from then on. Isn't that nice? What a great shepherd. And this is the kind of shepherd God has given to us in Jesus. Part of his care is his provision. Jesus directs us away from the pathway leading to our destruction, and he leads us to a better place, to a real life. And the real life is what we find Jesus living. And one He calls and even enables us to live as the reality of His resurrection. And that's where we come back to Easter. It is the kind of life that is characterized by a close union with God. So close that our actions show that we are at one with God. Do people realize that about you when they're around you? I'm afraid that So many times our words and actions don't go together. And no one would conclude that, wow, he's really at one with God. Or she is really at one with God. I can't even tell a difference. You may think that's what people say. But we realize that we struggle in this area. When we are truly at one with God, then we are at one with God's concerns and particularly God's concerns for this world. Our works will speak more loudly than our words as we do the acts of our good shepherd. Self-sacrifice, care for the needs of others, and protection for those who are marginalized and vulnerable. This is the kind of shepherd that Jesus was. As we go out into this new week, may the words that we sang earlier go with us. Thou hast promised to receive us, poor and sinful though we be. Thou hast mercy to relieve us, grace to cleanse and power to free. Blessed Jesus, blessed Jesus, early, let us turn to Thee. Blessed Jesus, blessed Jesus, early, let us turn to Thee. Let's pray.